So, what should we talk about today? It's Lamar Jackson. Again. This week. Any week. On Pod Like a Raven. The Lamar Jackson saga continues. Uh, It takes another seven different turns from the last time that we recorded. I am Antonio Barbera, and thank you for joining us on a tumultuous Monday evening um, where we have a couple of things to talk about, but really we have one thing to talk about. And we said 18 different times over the past two years that we wouldn't spend all off-season talking about this one thing every episode. And yet here we are, again, having to talk about it. Let me bring in my two co-hosts. Uh, let's start with Tim Horsey. Tim on the East Coast. You right off the top here. I know you're. I know you're frustrated. I know you're annoyed. Uh, we're gonna try to use this as an outlet for you, but you know, you go in whatever direction you need to go in. Um, I'm officially tired of Lamar Jackson, um, and that is that is. Purely emotional. That is not logical. That is not using my head. It is using my heart. And I fully, fully 100% accept that. And I know over the course of the next hour, hour and a half or so, whatever it may be, um, Antonio and Jace will do their best. And usually, like they do, calm me down a little bit. But I'm, I'm just, I'm fed up. And I'm kind of over the entire charade and the entire two years of this nonsense and i'm trying so hard not to cuss because frankly i don't feel like editing this later because i'm just sleepy um every everybody's mismanaged it and it's gotten to this point and i think yeah as we've said multiple times on air off air between us you know we'll get into it just rip the band-aid off trade him trade him for a seventh rounder and just be done with it i really don't care anymore uh yeah the old the old conditional seventh rounder just to be able to live every day and wake up happy and, and go to bed at a reasonable hour. On the West Coast, speaking of going to bed at a reasonable hour, on the West Coast, <laughs> Jace Evans. Jace, how, how are you uh, How are you doing this fine evening? Uh, I'm doing okay, Antonio. I am with Tim in the sense that I am done. Um, I don't really care what happens at this point. Would I prefer Lamar Jackson back? Sure, I still think that's the best course of action for this team. But I don't care if he leaves at this point. I just want it to be over with. But I mentioned this to you. I am cautiously optimistic about today's news. And the reason is I hope desperately it forces some sort of resolution in the next month. Um, the draft is obviously roughly a month from like today, right? The end of April. Um, I just hope uh, it happens. <laughs> I hope something happens. Either he gets a new deal... He gets out the door. Um, it just can't go into the summer. Uh, it just can't. And I hope that today's request by him... Well, not really. It's not a new request. thats We'll get into that. That's an interesting component of this whole thing. Um, but I, I hope that today's news, very public news, and the way he did it specifically, I think, um, I hope that kickstarts something to just get the ball rolling one way or the other. And I hope that... Uh, yeah, as Tim said, this cloud that's just been hanging over the organization for two years, that's made 
the last two seasons really unfun for for for, for uh, as you know relatively fine as the team has been otherwise. You know, eight, and nine, ten, and seven, not great, but not horrible. It's not like they're going four and thirteen out there. It's just been so such just hanging over this franchise, and they just need to resolve it one way or another. So, I hope today is a stepping stone to doing that. I'm not. I'm caught. I still have my guards up because I think there's a non-zero chance he's still on this team, <laughs> technically, uh, without a new contract come the start of this season. We shall see. But I hope it doesn't come to that, and I hope they come up with, this, up, up with uh, some sort of resolution in the next month here. So I was off today. Uh, no work. So woke up a little bit later than I normally would. Did the old Twitter scroll, and it was like, I don't know. 10 a.m., I suppose, and there were a couple of tweets from the the various NFL uh, Raven beat writers, and it was, uh, you know, we have the uh, the annual league meetings, and Harbaugh's a press conference at 10.45, there's all the pictures of all the microphones already at his desk, like, because he's got stuff to talk about, he's gonna get asked about Lamar Jackson, he's gonna get asked about the tag, and then I kind of just, like, rolled over and forgot about it, uh, with that being scheduled for 10.45, then I checked my phone again, and it was like 10.55 or something like that, and it was just, oh no, oh no, because Lamar Jackson had chosen to wait until, by my uh, Twitter account, 10.48, and he dropped the following tweet that I will read. Y'all know what it is, but I'll, I'll read it out loud anyway. So, so uh, death, sorry. Qu- <laughs> quoting, quoting Lamar Jackson here. Uh, I want to first thank you all for all the love and support you consistently show towards me. All of you are amazing, and I appreciate you all so much. Well, you don't appreciate me, Lamar. (sighs) Back to the quote. I want you all to know not to believe everything you read about me. Let me personally answer your questions in regards to my future plans. As of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization, for which the Ravens have have not been interested in meeting my value. Any and everyone that has met me or been around me know I love the game of football and my dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. You are all great, but I had to make a better, make a business decision. Best for my, okay, I'm just, I'm stopping there. Enough there. Um, uh, the last line I say, I guess I'll, I'll say, you'll see me again at whatever, and just like Batman, he went back into the cave. And I'll tell um, you all about it when I'm sorry. <laughs> So, um, you know, a couple of things here, but what are we to make of this overall? I have a couple of things that I don't like. Obviously, the timing, I don't like. That was a, uh, a very not cool move, in my opinion, of doing this, obviously, intentionally, the exact same time that John Harbaugh is planning to sit down to answer a bunch of questions about the team and about Lamar Jackson. Uh, I didn't like the... My dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl because it, that sentence used to have the word Ravens in there quite a bit. Um, and now it's a team. And uh, and it it seemed like a goodbye to Baltimore. It's a goodbye to Maryland. He did the whole, like, I'll be close to my Baltimore flock nation and the entire state. You'll see me again. Like, it, you know, it's been fun. Um so it seems like a goodbye, but it's really not a goodbye. It is more of like another, I use this very liberally, chess move um, to try to continue this game of leverage between player and organization. 
I'll stop there. I'll let you guys uh, give your own thoughts here. But what is going on? I mean... It's a great question. Go ahead, Jace. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, on first blush, yeah, you're right. It it seems unsalvageable, Is was how I read it initially. Um, as you mentioned, Baltimore Flock Nation pointedly leaving the Ravens out of that as well. Um, as we call them, the Ravens Flock. Did not mention that. So there were a few things, obviously, throughout this thing, including the most prominent literally saying he requested a trade, which I guess is obviously the biggest news of all of it, uh, right? There's there's no hidden messages there. He said, I want to be traded. Um, but then some news comes out that, well, I, there's a few, a few things to parse here. One, that... He's telling us this now, obviously, as you said, very planned. I know he somehow knew exactly when John Harbaugh was doing this press conference. I guess they put it out. Um, kind of savvy on his part. Like, I don't like it. I think it's kind of it's kind of scummy. But at the same time, if you're in a tense negotiation, it's a pretty power move. So I kind of respect it at the same time. Um, so obviously that was intentional. Um, but the fact... And saying now, you know, weeks after the tag deadline, weeks after uh, <laughs> he requests the trade. So if we want to walk through the timeline, today is obviously March 27th as we record this and he makes this request. So he requests the trade apparently all the way back on March 2nd, which was days before uh, the actual tag deadline. Um, so the tag deadline comes and goes. The Ravens, obviously, we talked about, put the s smaller tenure uh, uh, tender on him. And then, uh, sort of in the weeks since we've recorded, um, nothing's happened. That's kind of why we haven't <laughs> done a show. Uh, it was very quiet on the Lamar front. Uh, there was very much, there was that initial wave we had talked about of teams denying interest immediately. Um, and, um, and, the, and just radio silence until a few days ago with a whole other matter. We'll get to it a little bit. But uh, so I just found it interesting. Yeah, it was very deliberately done. It doesn't seem good, but there was that report from Ian Rappaport that they were negotiating Lamar and the team as recently as last week. So, like, given the fact that he intentionally timed this with Harbaugh's press conference, I think it's possible it was just a, it is just a negotiating tactic, and he's not closing the door fully. I did notice last night he briefly made his account private for some reason. I don't really remember why, uh, but it wasn't today when he sent this tweet out. Um, so I didn't think too much of it. Clearly, he had something planned as he, he unleashed today. But um, yeah, I it's it was very deliberately done. I don't know that it. Even though you would think a trade request closes the door, I don't know that you can fully say that. So yeah, you're, we're kind of where you said, Antonio. I think we're still in a, a weird, mushy middle. Uh, it's another, just another weird turn, no, another unexpected twist. Um, it seems bad, but I wouldn't rule out him being on this team <laughs> just based on some other things. Tim, I want to get your perspective here because there's obviously a million different directions we could go from here. But yeah. yeah, that was my initial read was it was bad, but then maybe there's still hope somehow. Yeah. Uh, first of all, do we think Ken Francis advised him on the timing <laughs> of this or are they just actually just selling mobile gyms together? Um, because if you didn't hear that part of the story, look it up. And then Lamar trying to just skirt it off of like, oh, no, this is just a business partner. When the National Football League had to send a memo to every team not to talk to this jabroni. Maybe Ken Francis is just Meek Mill. 
who apparently is getting in good t in touch with his good friend Robert Kraft, which is just, uh, what do those two talk about? Who knows? Uh, you know, Robert Kraft avoided prison, so I don't think they can talk about that. Uh, I just, I don't, saying, oh, uh, you know, he would love to be a patriot. Lamar would love to be a patriot. If you didn't hear that story, don't even look it up. It's just going to infuriate you more. I... In a weird way, this is the first time that Lamar has been normal on social media. <laughs> um, because, like, athletes speak their mind now on social media. I mean, hell, most of the Ravens were responding to this news today. Like, Tony Jefferson uh, coming out and saying, you know, former Ravens player, in my opinion, it's probably best for the team to, uh, and Lamar to, you know, go separate ways, whatever. Been a hell of a ride. And then Marlon Humphrey noted Twitter er just quote tweeting that and saying screw you dude and like <laughs> Patrick Queen sending a gif of like waking up in a daze like a what had happened gif basically I think from from Stranger Things um, and David Harbour's character <laughs> and they're all reacting to Lamar kind of being normal like hey I just want to let everybody I just want to clear the air and say that I requested a trade why is this the time when you're being transparent about all of this and the the rest of the time it's you know, coded messages or really bad memes about, like, patience and trusting the process and, you know, marketing your soul food company, saying you're going to have an interview with yourself that's going to be released soon on YouTube. Like, all of this has just been such a joke. And, and, and you know, if you've listened to this show, I'm not trying to just pile up on Lamar Jackson because the Ravens are at fault here as well. And we've said that multiple times throughout this program. But... The fact that all of this just kind of came out in this way, and then John Harbaugh had to be told. This was the one thing I actually really enjoyed about the timing of this, Antonio. Because, again, I'm speaking emotionally here tonight uh, as we record. I'm not really speaking logically because I'm just so frustrated, uh, which is usually how it works on this program if, you, if you've been listening for a long time. The timing was terrible from a lo logistical point of view, but it was hilarious to see like the people who weren't interviewing Harbaugh and then like Jamison Hensley literally tweeting out right after Lamar Jackson sends the trade the tweets out the trade request thing John Harbaugh says that he can't wait for Lamar to be the quarterback for a long time and that he loves when he comes in the building and it's like nobody tell him nobody tell him it's like from when Andy can't get the Kit Kat bar uh theme song in the office and Jim immediately goes nobody tell him nobody tell him that's the immediate thing I thought nobody tell Jameson Hensley nobody tell Jeff Zarebeck and see how long it takes them and I believe it was Jonas Schaffer who finally asked the question and was like yo you seen these tweets brah like what what are we what are we supposed to do about this? John Harbaugh basically, you know, doing the John Harbaugh saying, no, there, there's still a way we can make it work and still a way to make it happen. I don't think there is anymore. And I think it really sucks because all of this is just, and as you said, we're going a million different directions here. All of this is going to really tarnish what I think of Lamar's time here. Not as a person or a player or anything, but just the overall scope of how this all could have gone and now just feels like a complete and utter failure and a wasted opportunity that just went down this super ridiculous dramatic road and as it was we were joking about before uh, before uh recording here i'm kind of just ready for like the is ryan Tannehill good enough to lead you to the afc north title conversation like <laughs> i'm just kind of ready for can we just run the ball and play really good defense and throw it 15 times um and and that's the way to win. Like I, 
I'm, I'm tired of being in the national spotlight. I'm tired of, 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 you know, I don't watch Get Up because I have a brain, but I'm tired of just seeing all the, all the Twitter clips and, and all the social reports and all the, you know, every athletic article I want to read about the main takeaways from the NFL leads with Lamar Jackson. I'm tired of it. I don't want to talk about Lamar Jackson anymore. And I think, as, as Jace alluded to at the start of this, I kind of hope that this accelerates things to a point where either they figure it out and he stays on the team, which is not going to happen, but maybe by the grace of God, or we just say, all right, you know what? Good riddance. And we just move on with our lives. Well, just real quick here, Antonio, the reason, Tim, I think I can't, it seems unsalvageable, but the reason I can't cl- fully close the door is because what owner in the NFL wants to give him what he wants? And that is, the answer is no one. Jimmy Haslam? Uh, if, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we can like, have two fully guaranteed quarterbacks. We'll play on both in the backfield. <laughs> no one, has it ever been tried? No one can say for sure. Um so, like, yeah, I mean, just to, I mean, with, with, like, the Watson thing, I mean, it. he had multiple suitors, and the reason he got that deal from the Browns is because he had turned down the Browns previously. And as we've talked about many times on the show, Jimmy Haslam's a bad owner. He panicked. He gave him that fully guaranteed deal. There seems to be no appetite to give Lamar a fully guaranteed contract from anyone. And by all accounts, the Ravens have offered him the second highest guaranteed deal in NFL history. And so I I feel like this going public with this trade request is a, um, you know, just a, maybe a way to try to gin up some movement from someone, but there just seems to be no appetite from NFL owners to give him this contract. And like, unless that changes uh, offer sheet deal uh, trade, I don't, I don't see how this ends anytime soon. And so that's, that's my worry is that it drags on and on. And even there's like a, a non-zero chance Lamar never signs the tender. Um, and I think he would still, unless the Ravens release him, still be a Ravens player next offseason. So it could just drag on and on unless there's an owner that really wants to pay up. And to this point, Lamar's shown zero want to compromise on what he wants and the NFL owners have likewise shown uh zero desire to give him what he wants and that's I think led certainly what's led to their stalemate with the Ravens is that part and to this point you know any literally all 31 other teams can sign Lamar today two first round picks he's yours uh if the Ravens don't match and no one bit and so I think that's why this this happened um you know when it did there's a there's a world <clears throat> where I gotta be careful to not just start saying stuff that's so not based in reality. <laughs> oh, don't worry, in, I've already in, broken that in, seal. We're good. Visible fact, but there is a world where the breadcrumbs are. He wants fully guaranteed. Ravens say no. He says somebody else will do that, and the Ravens say great. Here's this franchise tag to where other teams can do exactly that. He doesn't get phone calls. He doesn't hear from teams to give him this amount of guaranteed money that he needs. Follow the breadcrumbs to the perfect segue for Ken Francis. Um, Guy he knows may or may not be the one who is reaching out on Lamar Jackson's behalf to these teams. 
to say, hi, let's, t- you know, let's talk about the, you haven't, we haven't heard from you guys yet. I know you're dying to get a franchise quarterback with all guaranteed money. My name's Ken Francis, Dr. Ken Francis, and I'm representing Lamar Jackson, which then led to the NFL saying, we're a business here. There are rules here, man. Like, we live in a society, we use agents for this stuff for a multitude of legal reasons. You can't have Ken Francis reaching out. No teams can talk to Ken Francis about your deal. And then what happens a few days later is, like, the open house version of selling yourself is Lamar Jackson publicly, like, saying out loud to the world, you know, I I asked for a trade. Like, I am here and I am willing to move to another team. It is not just me and the Ravens trying to hash things out. Uh, I'm very ready to go to another team. And that's what this kind of feels like. Like, leverage is one word, but it's almost more of, like, his own advertising approach to try to continue to generate interest in conversations with other franchises. I agree with Jace wholeheartedly. I think at the end of the day, all this misdirection uh, leads to one thing, that no other team is actually interested in giving him all this guaranteed money. And at, at some point we got to make a decision one way or the other. Now, will this happen this month? Will this happen this year? That we don't know, and that's the part that I think I hate the most, because just like Tim, I'm over this. I'm so done with it. Uh, I enjoy, as a franchise builder in my own head, I enjoy knowing who the quarterback is, or at least what the need is at quarterback, and then building the roster around him. And they're in just such a no-man's-land with all of this that I expect will lead into the full season, the upcoming, this upcoming season. I do not see this getting resolved in the next couple of months. Um, and I think it's going to be more of the same. Every couple, there'll, there'll be a little bit of news around draft time. Uh, you know, Something will drop two days before the draft that Lamar Jackson's having conversations with one of the teams and then that'll amount to nothing, and then we'll get into the summer, and then we'll get into the season, and he probably won't play. Um, And I hate it, and I hate all of it, and, you know, call me a, whatever the term is, a patsy or a bootlicker, I don't know, but, like, I'm kind of on the franchise's side here at this point. Like, they've said their piece, they've put the line in the sand, let other teams give you all that money, we're here, and we'll just hang out, I guess, and they're saying all the right things, I'm a, I, I give Harbaugh credit, man. I wanted to do Harbaugh quotes uh, this episode, but it felt too unfair to everyone, <laughs> really, including John Harbaugh. So I didn't do it, but I give him credit. Uh, they have not said a bad word about him when he has done numerous things that are incredibly frustrating in terms of trying to build a football team to win on the field and have talent at multiple positions. It's a mess. And I don't see it getting resolved anytime soon. Can I, can I just go into this real quickly? Because I think we're, we're all going to kind of circle the wagon, like the Buffalo bills here on this point. And we keep talking about it, but the discourse of you're just siding with the franchise is starting to piss me off because look, I get it from a national media standpoint. And I get that if you want to have the take, Lamar is worth the fully guaranteed contract. Sure, you can have that take. And you're more than welcome to have that take. And that's fine. And frankly, if someone's going to give it to him, then I don't disagree with you. Because they think that he is worth that amount of money. But 
To criticize fans of a team for sticking with their team rather than the one player who now so desperately wants to leave said team, I find a bit ridiculous. If you think, you know, I'm always on the player's side, fine. If you're going to be one of these people that, I, I'll just, I'll leave, I'll leave, I'll leave if Lamar leaves, I'll leave if Lamar leaves, I, I won't watch any games. Good on you. Go enjoy the Detroit or Indianapolis or wherever he goes or Atlanta, fine. Yep, Atlanta. You're going to really have fun with that. That's a really stable <laughs> franchise, by the way, who doesn't have horrid, miserable losses all of the time. Nothing bad's ever happened to the Falcons. <laughs> Not once, 28-3. And I just... This this whole thing of... Within the fan base... And, and, I don't even know if it's within the fan base. I think it's more of people on the outside looking in at the fans and being like, how can you support the Ravens? Because I've been supporting the Ravens since I was four years old. That's why. Because... I've watched Tony Banks, and I've watched Elvis Gerback, and I've watched Chris Redman, and I've watched Anthony Wright, and I've watched later year Joe Flacco, and I've watched Tyler frickin' Huntley. I've watched them all, and guess what I'm going to continue to do to the day I die is watch this football team. I'm going to do it. So stop giving me this whole, you, you, can't, you, you can't be on the Ravens side here. You're damn right I can be on the Raven side here. I've been on the Raven side, as a younger man, through much worse. Trust me, and I'm going to continue to do so, and, and I'm going to be upset that Lamar Jackson is leaving the Ravens. He is one of the, not the, because that's Ed Reed, one of the most talented Ravens to ever put on the uniform. He absolutely is. Ed Reed was more talented. I'm not fighting you on this. But if he wants to leave, yeah, it is animal brained it is my id acting and not my ego i think i got those right was never really good at psych or whatever that was one of those you get it my animalistic nature to get behind my wall with my team and my purple and black and you know what i'm not apologizing for it i'm going to continue to go to those games and i'm going to continue to watch them at one o'clock on a sunday you know lose 13 to 9 to the to the you know detroit lions or the the, the colts you know i'm gonna oh. continue to do it and jace is, is rubbing his head and his eyes because we all know what it's like and it's not gonna be fun and we're gonna be sitting here screaming on this podcast next season about why they can't get a valuable win and man it would be nice to have a quarterback that was pretty dynamic huh but i'm gonna continue to follow this team and this is where i kind of lost it today as Everything has been a bit a, a bit of a shadow. Everything has been a bit, you know, like we talked about, which was super annoying. But today, he said he requested a trade from the team. Today, he said, I want out. Definitively, I want out. Don't let the door hit you on the way out at that point, then, for me. Because if you don't want to be... This, and I, this is old man yells at cloud, get off my lawn nonsense, old school football, why don't they bring jacked up back type of talk. And I get that. But I'm not going to back down from it. If he wants to go, then get the hell out. And let's just not have to deal with this anymore. Tim, I, I rub my eyes just because I, I had just so many flashbacks to what it was like for, you know, the first, I don't know, 24 seasons of Ravens history or however, however long it was before Lamar took over. And uh, it was so good. We tasted, we tasted those offensive highs we'd never had before. But I, I, I am with you in the sense, and I'm not surprised it got to, like, I think if we follow some tea leaves, it's not shocking to me that he would request a trade. I think if you were paying astute attention to the, he's going to be back on Christmas Eve, and then, oops, he missed the entire rest of the season with a knee injury of 
I don't know how bad it is. I saw him dunking on a mini hoop on Instagram a little bit ago, uh, a few weeks ago. So he seemed like he could jump a little bit. So I don't know. Uh, you know, if he didn't want to be here, he didn't want to be here and doesn't want to be here. That's fine. <laughs> I, I don't think the Ravens should hold him hostage to that. It's just like the the problem is the NFL is a business, and I do not think the Ravens um, are going to get tossed a lifeline uh, by another team in the terms of, you know, multiple first round picks because, you know, they could do two right now. I don't know what doing two via trade and then having to, you know, figure out the contract. Like, I just don't see it happening. And, but I will say, I guess this with his trade request is, um, it does give Lamar a little more leverage, uh, than he previously had. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, if teams were turning down the tag, it's because they know he wants out, right? So, like, it, it, like if they the tender, like, signing him on that, it's like, if they know that he wants out, they're not going to just give up two first-round picks when they can maybe get him for one. Because, like, when it comes down to it, um, there's no reason for a team to give up two, two first-rounders or three first-rounders if Lamar's like, I'm never playing for the Ravens. Now, that will require him to sit out and never play for the Ravens, which is a big ask for a player in the prime of his career. Um, but like, you know, it, uh, it opens up that door, I think. So I do think from that sense, like it, the, today's move does help him to go public with this just because, uh, it does hurt the Ravens. Uh, if that, like, if he is dead set on, I'm never playing for this team again, you know, you kind of have to just take best offer available for him at that point. Uh, cause teams aren't going to give you the sun and the moon. Uh, for him like they did for Watson who had multiple bidders we've talked about this right and then the Browns came in with their mega contract but no team seems willing to pay him that and uh yeah I think that's where, where we're kind of still stuck uh, I, I I part of me believes he doesn't want to be here but then the Ian Rappaport report where he's negotiating last week I don't know what to make of that with the Ravens so I still I still don't know what to make of any of it really but Today's news does at least help him in the sense that if he is serious about not wanting to play for the Ravens, and again, negotiating with them suggests he's not, but <laughs> serious about not playing. But if he is about that, that actually, um, you know, gives him a lot more power because if he's like, I'm never playing here, the Ravens have to make a move. They just have to. Real, real quickly, Antonio, because I just want to know your opinion on this. Because that, that, that Rappaport thing, we're kind of glancing over. If, if people didn't hear... And Jace, Jace has said it a number of times, but just to reiterate, after all this came out and after Lamar requested the trade, Ian Rappaport, very reputable man, you know, up there with Shefty and Tom Pelissero in terms of if he, if he says it, it's usually right, that ad, that Lamar and the Ravens have been negotiating, and this is, you know, news because we don't really know anything about this negotiation. They have been negotiating negotiating a new deal as, you know, as late as or whatever the term the ter terminology was last week. So, Antonio, for you percentages based on that information and other you know what have you conjecture based on everything else we've seen and, and jace if you want to answer this too feel free the percentage that this trade request is just blowing smoke and that he would still be willing to come to the ravens if a deal is struck or the alternate where he's just like i'm just i want out i'm done huh. so the first thing i will say is the Rumor that he was negotiating up until a week ago, to me, could mean anything. It could literally mean they called him 
and they said, hey, how's it going? Uh, any movement on what we laid out? And he said, nah. And then they hung up the phone. Like, I think a journalist could argue that that's negotiation and they negotiate, quote unquote, negotiated as of a week ago when really it was nothing. So I believe something happened uh, up until a week ago, but I'm, you know, you'll have to convince me that it was anything substantial about Lamar Jackson being like engaged in a conversation of doing something to be on the Ravens long term. As to the percentages. I don't know, Tim. The percentage that he's that this that this trade thing is a real that he actually wants out or versus it's a leverage move? Yeah. 60-40, uh 60 being leverage and 40 being out. He wants one thing, I think, more than more than staying on the Ravens and more than leaving the Ravens. He wants one thing. He wants all guaranteed, or as close to all guaranteed as he can possibly get, because he believes in his bones that sports contracts are a game of the market. And if you, you know, if somebody got that, then somebody after him, who's the same level, should get that or more. So I, I just think that's where he's at right now. And until it happens, I don't think he's gonna budge. And guess who else isn't gonna budge? The Ravens. So. I say 60-40, because guess what? If the Ravens tomorrow showed up with a really good, all-guaranteed deal, he would take it immediately, and he would say, Truss, I loved you all the whole time. Um, I wanted a request because of that little phrase, Ravens have not been interested in meeting my value. So he will just turn around and say, they met my value. Bam, love this city already. Let's go win a Super Bowl. If it doesn't happen, then he's not going to do that. So, I mean, 60-40, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say 50-50, so I went 60-40 uh, to give some sort of uh, lean one direction or another. I would lean slightly more toward um, it being like him on the way out as opposed to pure leverage. I was going to have you say 50-50, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I, because, and, and the reason I, I do think, I, I completely agree with you, though. Like, if they pony up the money, like, he's going to resign. It's clearly all it is. And the reason we know that, I think, you know, John Harbaugh says a lot of things, and God bless him. This Today was the most I've loved John Harbaugh in a long time, I think, uh, his performance today. Because his unwavering optimism... Uh, in the face of everything, he would have like when if he was on the Titanic when that was going down, he would have been like, "I've always wanted to explore the North Atlantic before." <laughs> like, like it, he just is like the most perpetual optimistic guy, and just like him being like, you know. Uh, uh, Lamar's gonna be there, sure thing. And uh, uh, <laughs> but he, the one thing he did say, and he uh, when asked about Lamar's tweet and about what the, you know the Ravens and the value, he said it's a monetary thing. And that's a thing that can be figured out. And he's true. And because, you know, I do believe there's possibly bad blood, obviously, that's percolated over this 22-year contract odyssey at this point. So obviously, I think tensions are high from that regard. And maybe too much has broken down, be it the injury thing at the end of last year, the injury thing at the year before. Uh, just, there's been a lot of things that happened. But, on the counterpoint... The Ravens have completely shifted their entire franchise in a, like to basically support one guy 
I know what everyone's going to yell at me. Oh, but look at their receivers. They drafted two receivers in three years of the first round of the draft. It's not... They tried. It didn't work out because the Ravens stink at drafting receivers. That's a whole other issue. But it's not like they just completely abandoned to support him. I will fight that argument until the end of time. Um, but, uh, you know, they altered their entire offense for Lamar. They, uh, I think, based on the whispers you hear, uh, have shielded him from a lot of things that are, I think, bubbling up in this process. And Chris Mortensen mentioned there are at least some teams concerned about his nutrition and sleeping habits and, you know, all those times he's randomly sick during the season or during games against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and, you know, his injury history the last few years. I think the Ravens have sheltered Lamar in many ways. That's a really so good point. I think, That's a really good point. Uh, I, I just think, like, he shouldn't have, outside of the money thing, there's not too much he should be mad at the Ravens about. But the money thing's a huge thing, and if he feels disrespected by it, it is what it is. So that's why I go 50-50. Obviously, John Harbaugh still loves him. I mean, John Harbaugh literally gets ambushed today, right, by this Lamar tweet trade request. And he, real thing John Harbaugh said, uh, if we want to do just a brief John Harbaugh quotes here. I just appreciate that it's being handled with class. Lamar has handled it with class. When kind of the opposite of class <laughs> happened in seconds before his press conference and still John Harbaugh said that I love John Harbaugh I know we complain about him a lot but I found that very amusing so I think the Ravens won him but if it's the if the if the bridges have been burned they've been burned and so it kind of is what it is at that point how many coaches in the NFL what you know just to you want to draw a number of the 32 coaches would have instead said something along the lines of Look, if he wants to leave, that's his prerogative. Like, if he wants to go, then he can go. Like, that's, you know, that's his prerogative. That's up to him. We want players who want to be in the building. Two-thirds of the of the coaches would have actually said that, and he didn't. And I give him, you're right, Jace, a lot of credit, um, because the only, you know, the only way that you kind of keep this contained is if you don't have it sort of flying back from back and forth from, from each side. The Ravens have been consistent with that. DaCosta has been consistent with it, as has... Harbaugh. Um, anything else on this, guys? We have a few other things to go over. Any final thoughts on this before we turn to uh, the um, incredible free agent moves that the Ravens have made over the past few weeks? Well, I can we just touch on the Ken Francis saga for a bit? Because it did kind of proceed. No. I know Tim had mentioned it. Uh, so I, I want all, I've said this, I want all this to end. I don't care how it is. The media is going to crap on the Ravens, you know, forever if Lamar leaves. Even if he goes on to do nothing the whole rest of his career. And as we've talked about many times on this show, the results since 2019 have been trending in the wrong direction. And he's getting older. But I digress. But, yeah. You were about to, you were about to fire off the spiciest take of all time, and I was here for it, but continue well uh literally none of this would have ever happened if lamar was just a normal player with an agent and that i think was just highlighted for me you know by the this this entire ken francis saga because lamar would have had a deal two years ago um because just for fun fun quotes and quotes i looked up uh when josh allen's extension happened um, and it made me sad. August 6, 2021, the Buffalo Bills agreed to a six-year extension with Josh Allen because he has an agent who hammered out an extension literally as soon as he was possibly able to sign one. He got a six-year extension. Josh Allen's living large. Um, and, you know, it, coincident, coincidentally, we have achieved nothing without an agent. You know, 
everyone seems to ignore that Deshaun Watson's whole deal came together because he has an agent who played team teams against teams and got the stupidest owner in the league to give him $230 million contract. A man who has been federally indicted, I believe, or he was... He had some, the pilot flying J, there was some questionable things going on with uh, Jimmy Haslam for a while. Um, but the Ken Francis thing, as we've kind of talked about, it seems like he was contacting teams uh, on Lamar's behalf. The NFLPA actually went to the NFL, because he's not NFLPA certified, who's been prominent in all this Lamar stuff. They actually went to the NFL, and that's what, what prompted the NFL memo. Um but if we didn't have this, we wouldn't have gotten the entire gym, which I do contend was the funniest single day uh, in Ravens history. Just Ken Francis and the entire gym. But it was so ridiculous. And I think, like, just Ken Francis as a man and the entire gym as a, an entity, uh, to me, just kind of highlighted, like, what Lamar's costing himself. Uh, like... I just was struck, like, he's wasting his time and probably his money if he's his business partner and he's invested in this thing, like, trying to sell as-seen-on-TV gym equipment uh, in a rolling suitcase to people when he's a man who should have eight- to nine-figure deals with Nike or Under Armour or Reebok or Adidas or whatever sportswear company you want. Lamar should have, be, like, the face of giant national campaigns and he's putting 30-second Twitter videos out to sell eight pounds of weight <laughs> like I don't it's just like what are you doing dude and I was like talking to my parents about this uh and we, and we got to talking about Lamar and his contract this was before obviously the trade request all this this was yesterday we were chatting and we were talking about Baker Mayfield a man with a tenth of the talent and resume of Lamar Jackson <laughs> who had a national state farm ad campaign because he has an agent who sets this stuff up who and like and then, like, I, today, just even with his press release, why he had to do the tweet, like we were talking about, is because guys like Ken Francis aren't allowed to contact NFL teams. Lamar is refusing to get an agent, and by NFL rules, he has to be the guy. Now, Roquan Smith did the deal, but Lamar is Lamar. Uh, as everyone says, he's his own unique man. Uh, and, like... But if he had an agent, they would be doing all this PR work for him. Every team would know he'd requested a trade on March 2nd because his agent would have texted Adam Schefter. He would have texted Ian Rappaport on March 2nd and said, I requested a trade. He doesn't have these things. And then he's like surprised that he doesn't get traction. It's like, you know, I'm not a businessman. I don't make money. I, I, but you just need an agent if you're making money at the level Lamar does. And the Ken Francis thing was just like the perfect example of like, he just doesn't have this PR machine. He's selling like junk workout equipment that like, I don't know, like Jane Fonda would sell in the eighties or something. Like, this is just insane. Like, I don't, you know, know who had an agent, Jace? Jane Fonda <laughs> yes. has, still, she's still yeah. alive, has an agent. Yeah. She was an 80 for Brady. You think she booked that herself? Come on now. Uh, it's just like, it's ridiculous. And, you know, I think in the end, he's kind of only costing himself with this. And it's like, you know, if he doesn't want to pay that 1% to 3% on a, what, $230 million deal, $200 million deal, fine. But it seems like he would have had a deal a year and a half ago. Uh, when Josh Allen did, when Patrick Mahomes got a 10-year, nearly $500 million extension, which is an underpay, by the way. Yep. But, um, you know, they have their money, and Lamar doesn't, and he's not collecting interest on it. He's not doing anything. He has a $32 million tender, uh, tender 
Um, that gives him no real control of his life at the moment. And, uh, yeah, that's how we got here. It's his lack of an agent. And, yeah, I blame the Ravens. When Josh Allen signs in 2021, they should have been working immediately to get Lamar signed. They didn't. That's on them. I, I think there's more than enough blame to put on the Ravens. But... At the end of the day, I think this entire thing comes back to Lamar just not having an agent. Because if he has an agent, they get a deal done. That's just, it's just that's what they're paid to do. He gets the deal done. We stopped talking about this last summer, probably. They just feel like, yeah, that was incredible, <laughs> Jace. Uh, uh, that's at, what's uh, bothering uh, me today. <laughs> at the end of the day, like a deep distrust that Lamar Jackson seems to have in... Maybe getting taken advantage of, like, I, I get some of these fears, like, putting a lot of your name and a lot of your potential earnings in somebody that you don't know, but it's just, it's been proven right too many times, and it's, you're at the point, you put, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm keeping this short because you did a lot of this already well, but the, like, it pays for itself aspect, like, yes, you have to pay a lot of money, millions of dollars to an agent if he gets you this gigantic deal. But he also gets you the other deal that is 10 times the amount of the agent fee. So who cares? What do you, who cares? <laughs> you're adding your net gain is $95 million instead of, you know, having, have not having an agent and just having the deal. Gosh, it's frustrating. Um, and it's not going away anytime no, soon. That's... So we will, we will be back. Two weeks yeah. from now to uh, to just say the same, spin the same yarn uh, over and over and over again. <laughs> I wish I wish him luck in getting his money. I just I don't see it happening really, uh, unless something has to wildly change either with the draft or something. I I, I just don't see it. Tim, any uh, any last words? <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get to some player per, uh, Raven player moves. Um, because they're exciting. <laughs> Chuck Clark, who I spoke mildly of uh, when Jace was arguing about the Ravens being worse because they were going to lose players with Lamar Jackson requesting, whatever, wanting more money. Um, I said I wouldn't mind Chuck Clark being gone. And then very soon after that, Chuck Clark traded to the New York Football Jets um, for a draft pick. Right? I don't have the notes in Seventh front of Seventh rounder. Some, some, late, some late pick. <laughs> And it's not even for this year. I think it's next year's. Draft. And I'm like, it's a seventh um, rounder. Yeah, seventh rounder, last round <laughs> for those of you that don't follow the draft. Um, but Chuck Clark, a beloved Raven, played uh, sort of you know kept put his head down and and played through uh, an obvious situation of drafting a player at his position early in the first round, knowing it'd be a replacement for him, and yet was a valuable part of the Ravens' defense. I think played every snap defensively last season, um, which is hard to do. It doesn't matter, really doesn't matter how good you are. It's hard to do that when you have the 14th overall pick at that position uh, on the roster, and yet they found space for both of them to make sure that Chuck Clark was on the field um, at all times, basically. But push came to shove, and it was a kind of a move that needed to happen. Um for salary cap reasons, and, and we wish Chuck Clark well in, in New York. Um, the other move that Jace anticipated correctly was Clays Campbell being waived. Um, he, you know, he had the announcement of wanting to be, you know, play one more year. He, he's still trying to get that Super Bowl. He's still trying to hit, uh, what, I believe, 100 career sacks. He's at, like, 99 or something like that, so he'll, he'll get that this year. 
Um, currently a free agent. He's been talking to some teams. That there's been that classic, like, he could be back. You know, he could be back in Baltimore later in the offseason. I don't expect that to happen. Um, but Clay Campbell, also a valuable Raven for, for multiple seasons. Ben Powers, uh, officially gone, signs a four-year, $52 million deal with the Denver Broncos. That's the most classic Ravens move. Uh, that we've seen with, I feel like, guards all the time also, just like interior offensive linemen. Like, we draft them in the middle rounds, develop them. They have a couple of good years towards the end of their rookie deals with the Ravens, and then they go off to greener pastures, get that big deal somewhere else, not play as well, um, (laughs) but collect all that guaranteed money from that second franchise. So good for you, Ben Powers. A fascinating one. Justice Hill re-signed for two years, four and a half million. Geno Stone also re-signed. Tyler Huntley given the uh, the right of re- first refusal tender, um, so that one's fun. Pro Bowl Pro Bowl quarterback of the future. Uh, he I, I don't have the details of the right of first refusal, but it's basically like a mini franchise tag. It's a, a mini uh, restricted um, franchise tag for Huntley. So. We will see what happens there. I don't expect a lot of other teams to be sort of running to sign him after watching his last three or four games uh, with the Ravens. And then the big deal, the hammer. Nelson Aguilar signed a one-year, $3.25 million deal with the Ravens to be there. I'm I'm just going to say it. Wide receiver won, because until, oh, uh, until Bateman can <laughs> prove to me that he can play... 12 games in a season. Uh, it's Nelson Aguilar, wide receiver one, um, opportunity for up to $3 million in incentives uh, for that deal, which is right. That's what the Ravens should have been doing to add a wide receiver um, from the free agent class. And I'm going to breathe, and I'm going to let my co-hosts analyze the moves and the lack of moves. Um, and please drag every Twitter account that you need to in your guys' responses uh, in analyzing the Ravens' free agent moves so far this offseason. It's like you read my mind, Mr. Barbera. <laughs> um, I have three takes from these all this free agent news. One, this was going to happen with the Lamar Jackson franchise tag cap number being ridiculous what it is but it's not officially on the books but we're expecting it to be on the books but we don't know if it's gonna be on the books but we need to account for it being on the books so we have to get rid of good players like Calais Campbell who at his age is still dominating uh, on the defensive line and uh, trust me I love Justin Matabike I love Travis Jones Broderick Washington was great last year as well um but you know that's a that's a big loss Calais Campbell there number two everybody that had this debate about Chuck Clark, and I love Chuck Clark. Love him. Love him to death. But apparently, and as a man who is addicted to Twitter, as a man who has to use Twitter for his, his job, the thing that pays him to live in a way too expensive apartment and, and basically live paycheck to paycheck, I have to live on Twitter. But apparently there are people that live on Twitter more than me. Because the discourse <laughs> when Chuck Clark got traded was who is going to wear the green dot? If you don't know what the green dot is, that is who calls the plays for the defense. Apparently, Ravens Twitter, or people just who love to just spew garbage out for people to see, why you wouldn't want to just keep this to yourself, I don't know, because it's completely and utterly embarrassing, were worried that the Ravens didn't have somebody to call defensive plays because Chuck Clark just got traded. 
His name is Roquan Smith. And he is the linebacker that they just gave the biggest, what is it, biggest weak side linebacker deal in the history of the National Football League or something like that. <laughs> yeah. That man. Off ball, I guess. Yeah, off ball. Thank you. Thank you. Off ball. That is the man that's going to call your plays. That is the man that is the future of your defense. I think he can handle it. I think he can handle it, guys. Log off. <laughs> like, just take a breath. Scream. Good advice for everyone. Log off. Just hashtag log off. I think we all need to log off after the Lamar stuff. Could, what, were, what were these people doing today, Monday, as we record? The ones that were getting upset about Chuck Clark not being there to call the defensive plays. What were they doing today? When Lamar Jackson, the unanimous MVP in 2019, asked for a trade. Like, did their head explode? Like, like I, I don't know. I don't know. And then third, and I'll let you two answer this more because it's, I think it's the same point we all have. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is fine. <laughs> He's fine. But I have an issue with all of the people that were like, let me, let me rephrase this. There are a lot of people on Twitter saying Nelson Aguilar is fine, but he is not the move. The Ravens still need to do something. Okay. It's not a bad it's not a bad point. It's not a bad idea. The issue I have with it is the people that assume, well, Nelson Aguilar is fine, but the Ravens need to get DeAndre Hopkins. But the Ravens still need to trade for Brandon Ayuk, who apparently is report reportedly has asked for a trade on Monday as we record this. Jace is like intriguing. I think so as well. But these are the Baltimore Ravens. This is not going to happen. They are not going to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. The, the fix, the fix is trade for a veteran wide receiver. I don't disagree, but it's not going to happen. What in any sort of world makes you think this is going to happen? One of the few times that they did this and it turned out, or actually that it didn't turn out, I should say this, for this high-profile star wide receiver. So I'm not even putting Anquan Bold and Derek Mason in this because they were, quote, past their prime, couldn't handle it, and they did. They proved everything wrong. Steve Smith as well. But the DeAndre Hopkins-level player was when the Ravens traded for Terrell Owens. If you don't remember this, Terrell Owens was so upset by the prospect of having to play with Kyle Bowler that he refused the trade and basically just Fair. said no. What makes you think that DeAndre Hopkins wants to come here to play with Tyler Huntley or Ryan Tannehill or I don't know who who's still on? I, I don't even know who's still a, a, a quarterback that we could get. Um, maybe Will Trace Levis. McSorley? Trace McSorley. Maybe Will Levis drops to twenty-two or whatever because people just hate the mayonnaise and the coffee thing. DeAndre Hopkins is not happening. It's not happening. And I would love to eat my words. I would love it. But all the people that. You know, I, I like being optimistic. Well, no, I don't like being optimistic. I wish I could be optimistic. I'll put it that way. And Nelson Aguilar is fine. He, he can contribute something to the offense, but they need to. They really are going to trade for a veteran wide receiver, and that is the fix. Keep dreaming, pal. It's not happening. And if, if you want to live in fantasy land until week one, that's fine. But you might as well, just like the theme of this show, rip the freaking Band-Aid off and accept that Nelson Aguilar is going to be lining up next to a hobbled Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay coming off an injury, and, I don't know, Tylen Wallace. Yeah, James Prochet will still be there somehow. Yeah. Uh... I, saw, I went to the movies on Sunday. By the way, it's a complete sidebar, sorry. Complete sidebar. Went to the movies, saw John Wick 4. Put it, put it in every museum that that has ever existed ever. 
I'm going to be watching that movie once a week for the rest of my life. It is a it is a <laughs> utter masterpiece of filmmaking, and I just oh, magnifique. But I, we were walking into the AMC, and up on the screen they have like you know the running ads for whatever. James Prochet was advertising something, like. James Prochet. I, I I couldn't tell you what because I wasn't interested because it was James Prochet. <laughs> like he didn't he did not grab my attention for whatever product he was selling. He was on the television selling something. I just thought that was weird. That's you know why he was able to do that, Tim? It's because he has an agent. So <laughs> he was able to negotiate some sort of deal. James Prochet, a guy with twelve catches, has a sponsorship deal with a product that he's advertising because Christ he has an almighty. agent. Um, yeah, well, J- Jace, please hit the um. Hit the free agent stuff. Sorry, if you want to. Yeah, the, the, the only thing I, I was going to add to t- what Tim said about Hopkins not happening is it's like pretty much nothing can happen, like monetarily, <laughs> until the Lamar situation kind of figures itself out. We should point out, in case it wasn't obvious, Nelson Aguilar is the only outside free agent the Ravens have signed uh, to this point. Uh, and I agree with Tim. He's fine. I did have to laugh uh, reading this line from Zarebic just did a little recap thing in The Athletic. He got off to a strong start with the Patriots last year, but hurt his hamstring and wasn't much of a factor from mid-October on. And then combined with his final line, 31 catches, 362 yards, and two touchdowns, I was like, wow, this is... Even though I agree it's fine, and he's actually younger than a lot of the seemingly washed-up veterans the Ravens seem to bring in. He's uh, still in his 20s. This is just still a quintessential Ravens wide receiver signing, and the fact that people are, like, mad about it. It's like, you've... uh, Like... You've watched this team for 25 years. This is what we do. We bring in Nelson Aguilar. We bring in uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Macklin. Macklin. There we go. <laughs> Same age, Jace. I just looked it up because I, I assumed Macklin was older. No, no, no. Both 29 when they were when they were signed. So that's it's so, too perfect. Yeah, it, it's it's a long like is Nelson Aguilar great? No, he's most famous for that that Philly news clip where that guy said they were catching babies coming out of the bil- burning building. Unlike Aguilar, that's like his claim to NFL fame. But uh, yeah, he's fine. Like I, he doesn't solve their wide receiver problems, but he like he he's. He's fine. It's like, I'm not going to get mad about Nelson Aguilar. In fact, like I said, like most of the guys the Ravens end up signing wide receiver, I like this more than 36-year-old Deshaun Jackson or whatever, like they did last year. Like, is it great? No, but this is fine. It's okay. Like, they don't have money to do anything. Nelson Aguilar was willing to take a $3 million deal. He's our one free agent. This is what happens when... You can't sign your quarterback to an extension. Your your big offseason move is signing Nelson Aguilar and then re-signing some depth players, and that's it. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it until the Lamar thing's resolved. Uh, these fans who are like, now it's Hopkins time. I agree with Tim. What planet are you living on? <laughs> None of these things can happen until Lamar has a contract. They literally would have to pay him with, like, crab cakes and old bed. Like, that's it. <laughs> there would be no money from the franchise. It would all have to be Jimmy's Seafood uh, offering to cover <laughs> equal value of the deal. Uh, quick over-under for the two of you. Nelson Aguilar, over-under 450 receiving. I was going to say 500, and then I knew you all were going to go under. So, over-under 450 receiving yards for Nelson Aguilar. For some context, Demarcus Robinson, last season, 17 games, 5 starts, 458 receiving yards. Wow. So, uh, Nelson Aguilar, wide receiver 1. Yeah, yeah, I said it. Uh, over-under 450 receiving yards. 
Uh, I still go under because the passing game will actually be worse than it was last season. I'll say over just to be cautiously optimistic, but yeah, when I saw that Aguilar had less yards, I was like, surely he had more yards last year than uh, whoever our leading receiver was. And I did look that up, Antonio, and was astonished to find out Nelson Aguilar, in fact, had less yards than Demarcus Robinson. So the under's probably a safe bet, too. <laughs> um, all right, let's turn. This has been good. I'm, I'm, I've been, like, laughing. I'm giggling. It's been good therapy uh, to go over the, the ins and outs of, of what, what the hell this franchise is at this point. Let's have let's play a game now. It's, it's time for a game. Um, we are gonna redo the trivia game that we tried uh, last episode. I think three, two, three weeks ago. Um, Tim is gonna be up this week, and just to go over the the rules of this new uh, this new game, replacing the random raven for now. Uh, Tim is gonna pick a stat line from a particular player in a particular game, and offer up clues about this stat line one at a time. The two of us, Jace and myself, have a chance to guess what stat line this is, what what player this is, and, and, and you know it, when did this happen. However, we get to guess after each round of, of Tim providing uh, clues. But if we guess and we are wrong, just like Wheel of Fortune when they do those toss-up rounds, we cannot guess again. So uh, that that rule is now being put in hard and firm. So if you want to guess, you know, after the first clue, you better be right because then you're out for the rest of the round. So uh, it's me against Jace. This will be fun. Uh, <laughs> Tim, help me out here. You know, say, say it in Spanish or something so yeah. I, have, I have a chance. <laughs> I was going to say Italian, but I don't know any of that. Uh, all right. I, so I don't know how difficult this is going to be, but... We'll just see. We'll see. We'll see. Because we're, you know, we're play testing this basically. We're we're in the beta of, of this game, and it's a great suggestion by I believe Yosef was the one who suggested it. I love the idea. Just we're working out the kinks for an on-air product. All right, let's go with the hardest clue first. This stat line came from a convincing Ravens win versus a rival. A convincing Ravens win versus a rival. Okay, I'm going to move on swiftly here because I don't think anybody's going to guess after that because I left it very vague. Clue number two, in my personal opinion, but I, th- I think you both would agree with me here. This game is probably more well-known for an off-the-field moment than an on-the-field moment. Off-the-field moment being not during the run of play. Put it that way. Against a rival game is probably more well-known for an off-the-field moment than an on-the-field moment. I will say this is how I remember this game, personally. Clue number three. The player in question for this game led the team with 13 tackles, including nine solo tackles and a tackle for loss. This player also recorded a pass deflection. Okay, everybody, everybody, they're, they're getting a little bit more convinced now. I can see that they're, the wheels are turning just a little bit. The final two here are probably going to probably gonna do it here. You're probably going to get it on this one here. Clue number four. This game was played in January 2013. January 2013. I will say, if you want to guess now, you might as well, because you're both going to get it on the last clue here. 
Yeah, I'll throw a guess. Okay. I'm gonna say this is Ray Lewis in his last game with the Ravens, or home game with the Ravens. This is Ray Lewis's last home game with the Baltimore Ravens. What? January 2013 oh, against the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> I remember this game for the final dance, you know, the final the final moment of him coming out to, to Nelly there. Uh, yeah, and the, the final clue here, this player, or this was the player's final home game for the Ravens. So I think you would have gotten it there. Weirdly enough, Jace wins. Uh, who would have thunk it? But, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, this is audio, so there's no video, but I was in the game. I was here for you this here. game, yeah, uh, you for the listener. I was sitting here, uh, and I had not much to say. So, um, well done, Jace. Uh, I was still working out whether January 2013 meant Ray Lewis was on the team or not. I was still <laughs> trying, trying to figure that out, so that's where uh, I was. A lot of circle um, motion from Antonio. A lot of yeah. circle motions. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. Uh, Jace, two points for you um, because of how many clues in we had to go. So there were two clues remaining when you guessed it, or, you know, it was the penultimate uh, clue when you guessed it. So Jace now has six points on the season, uh, and and Tim and I, Tim and I yet to, yet to score. But that's all right. Next uh, episode is when we get our points. It might just have to be. That's when we get our points because <laughs> yeah. Jace, Jace is not participating. It might have to be. This, the totals may have to be. Um, me and Tim's numbers combined against Jace by the end of the season, but we will see how that goes. But um, yeah, an awesome, an awesome moment in in Ravens history from a player who uh, actually wanted to stay on the on the friend, you know, on on the team for for his whole career, which was nice. Okay, NFL news, just a couple of quick things. Um, Carolina, I'm looking at you. Uh, I'm I'm mildly impressed God, with the go. Panthers doing those like little moves. Uh, on the margins to make their team better. They obviously have traded up for the number one overall pick. Um, they had, w- they will draft a quarterback. It's probably CJ Stroud, Jace. That seems to be like it's the guy of Ohio State. Or you still think uh, Bryce Young is heavy betting has potential? CJ Stroud. Yeah, Stroud got installed. There was a clip. I believe it was Josh McCown was caught saying something about to Bryce or uh, to Stroud about like when you're when you're living in Charlotte, we'll have to go here or something. So I think that gave some people a, a sense of who the, the the Panthers are leading towards. Although they were very high on Bryce Young too, um, but Stroud, yeah, as Tim said, has been installed as the betting favorite, and I, I think. There's a lot of things I like about Stroud. You know, he's got the size in a way Bryce doesn't. I mean, he was great. I think he's probably the best of the quarterbacks to come through there. Although I love Justin Fields, too, and he's kind of had an up-and-down start to his career. The Ohio State quarterbacks of recent uh, vintage always give me a little bit of pause, how their success in the NFL. But I'm kind of with you. I mean, if, if it is Stroud and he pans out, like, the Panthers have a good team, and that division is terrible, <laughs> we should say, too. Like, if the Panthers get competent quarterback play, I think they should probably win that division. The Saints still have a lot of good players. All their their guys are there, but they're aging. You're, you're you know, Cam Jordan's well into his 30s by this point. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I think I like what the Panthers did. I, I, they did give up a ton to get uh, – presumably Stroud but you know as you said the, those receiver signings kind of filled in for the fact that they decimated <laughs> their wide receiver room uh in the process of getting the first overall pick trading DJ Moore to Chicago um so uh, you know I, I I like it I think it's a good win for the division and certainly when that trade happened 
was very unexpected. You see a team jump from nine to one uh, weeks before the draft. It kind of reminded me uh, when uh, Washington jumped up to number two to grab RG three all those years ago. They traded a haul to, um, but so I, I, I'm all for adding spice. People obviously thought the Bears were going to move that pick, and uh, I kind of hope they give us some misdirection and we get like a. Uh, somehow Anthony Richardson pick on <laughs> uh, on draft night because it's never really fun when it's that set in stone and everyone like if it is just everyone knows Stroud's the guy they're taking uh, makes draft night a little less successful than you assume the Panthers draft Bryce um, if we don't have their number two overall pick <laughs> the Texans <laughs> but, Texans yeah uh, so um, yeah but the Panthers seem locked in obviously to a QB and that'll shake it all up come draft night. Yeah, just to go over the moves. I mean, none of these guys are are you know superstar players, but good depth pieces, st- starting you know ca- caliber players in the NFL. Added Miles Sanders to the backfield. They already have a couple of backs, so they, he's just a compliment. Got Adam Thielen, got DJ Chark uh, to revamp that very thin wide receiver room. Got Hayden Hurst. Like he he's fine. But he's a starting tight end. Like, these are just dependable players that they got, dependable veterans when you want your quarterback to, like, develop. This is, I think, how you have to do it. It's not draft a bunch of wide receivers at the the same year and have rookie wide receivers with your rookie quarterback and all that stuff. Like, the line is already set. They're going to try to develop Aquano at left tackle. And they got veterans to fill out all these spots and, like, raise this young quarterback. And then the, the plan for that, I'm sure for the Panthers, a couple years down the road... Make the next big splash, get the get the prototypical you know wide receiver one, one, and then go from there. So, some fascinating things in a as Jace mentioned, wide open NFC South. Um, Aaron Rodgers still isn't a Jet. I find this just kind of funny. Uh, it's been weeks since it like seemed to be impending that he was about to be traded, and then just I haven't heard heard nothing really for weeks uh, since. Um, Jace, is he back in the dark? Another darkness retreat? Are the jets in the dark? The turbulence in the air? Like, what's happening here? Well, so it seems like it's almost an inverse of what we have going on versus where, like, I think the Packers and the Jets are just in a standoff over how much the Jets will pay because he's gone on. He went on to Pat McAfee and said it would be his preference to play for the Jets, right? And so everyone knows he wants to play for the Jets, and then it comes down to. Well, how valuable is that? If Rodgers is willing to not play for the Packers, the Packers, you know, don't have a ton of leverage. But, like, if he blinks uh, and, like, will play for them, then the Jets are, you know, screwed. <laughs> like, their whole – the Jets' whole offseason plan is Aaron Rodgers is going to be our quarterback. And if he isn't their quarterback, that's a big problem for them. So I, it seems to just sort of be this, like – kind of waiting game where they're trying to kind of wait each other out and it's like who who needs to make this move more and I think it seems like the Jets need to more but that it seems like they're trying to wait out the Packers uh who you know to their credit I guess I don't know if Jordan loves good but he's at least their option he's a former first round QB and he's their plan if Rodgers doesn't play so the Packers kind of hold the cards when it comes to Rodgers especially given his contract situation um so, uh, yeah, so it's very, it's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird waiting game where everyone knows he's going to this one team and it just seems to be, yeah, like how much are the Packers going to make the Jets like, like how bad do you want it kind of thing. <laughs> it's kind of what it seems to be playing out between these two teams. And yeah, I certainly thought, uh, it would be done by this point. I think most people assumed, but 
I don't know if the Packers like don't care really. Like they're no they're in no rush. Uh, I think that bonus they owe them is not to like the summer or something. So, um, uh, yeah. So we're just kind of in this weird holding pattern. He seems to only want to play for the Jets for God knows what reason, but uh, that's his choice, and it's just very funny that. Literally 15 years later, after Brett Favre unretired and forced to trade to the Jets, somehow we are time is a flat circle, as Matthew McConaughey once said. We are we are we are right back to where we started with somehow with a Packers legend demanding a trade to the Jets. The Jets panic and trade for Lamar Jackson, and because of the it's the Jets, they overpay and it doesn't work. Aaron Rodgers to Baltimore leads us to a Super Bowl next season. Ooh. Just got I, some, goose, some goosebumps there. I'm not going to say I don't want it because that would be a fantastic. I don't need to watch Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee every week talking about doing ayahuasca. <laughs> He's just become very, very a lot for me in recent months. I know I've said many times I love watching Aaron Rodgers play. Um, he he is a diva. I think there's no denying that. Yeah. But, uh, Tim, believe me, I have thought about... What if we get Aaron Rodgers and we trade them Lamar Jackson? Don't the, the thoughts crossed my mind at least before. Just, <laughs> I'll say. Answer the just put a call in. Just see. Just see. Just see. Ken, get on the horn, Ken Francis. Make some calls. <laughs> see if we can expedite this. Alright, last <laughs> NFL <laughs> last NFL bit. Um It looks like Dan Snyder is finally going to sell the Washington Commanders. It's been a, a fantastic 24 years where he took a proud uh, franchise that had been successful on the field and off, uh, had a rabid fan base and long waiting lists of season ticket holders, and they are now essentially, this I would say, the second worst run franchise, if not the worst, um, in a fight with, with the Cleveland Browns over that moniker. Um, but it is looking more and more official that he is planning to sell the team, uh, slightly getting pushed out to sell, having to sell the team as opposed to choosing to sell the team. Um, But one of the funniest uh, sort of tea leaves that has happened is they have made some large contracts, and they've essentially, instead of putting the, I think it was the signing bonus for a couple of their deals, they've like deferred the (laughs) signing bonus because that's how cheap, uh, and how much of a loser this guy is is that because he knows he's selling the team in the next couple months he doesn't want to have to pay the extra like 30 million dollars or something for a franchise that's probably worth two and a half to three billion dollars so that's fun and good uh and is the biggest indicator that he uh, will be selling the team sooner rather than later um i want to give a shout out we got a lot of listeners uh, on this show that are uh, you know, Raven fan adjacent. They're Commanders fans, and they listen to us because they uh, they love us, and by us I mean Jace, and maybe yep. Tim, and then they know me. Uh, <laughs> but we appreciate their uh, their listenership, and so we want to talk a little bit about this. Uh, Jace, I know you have some some friends in, in the circle that are DC fans uh, through thick and thin, so I'm, I'm assuming for them... This is uh, the thin part. This is the, the happy the happiness part. J- Jace's yeah, fans, it, Jace's friends with a bunch of commies. I think that's how. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of surreal because it seemed like forever, like you're just gonna be stuck with this guy. But at the same time, I feel like uh, the friends I've talked to, shout about TJ in particular, Chris, uh, the shout guys out. I've talked to, 
it's like you don't want to believe it until you see it kind of thing and it's like until like you know the keys have been fully changed it's like there's always seems like this threat that like it would be very dan snyder to then just pull the rug out from under one and be like i'm keeping my team you can't kick me out and then he gets voted out anyway it's definitely just like he probably would be voted out and the nfl owners have told him this and it's uh sell and make you know i don't know how many billions of dollars profit he probably bought Washington for like the 900 million range in the late nineties. Um, and, and yeah, as you said, he, he drove one of the most NFL's most valuable franchises into the ground. I believe they were like number five, number four, like most valuable. I, th- I mean, he set a record when he bought them for like pro sports franchises. So maybe they were the most valuable in the NFL by that metric. But uh yeah, I mean, he has two playoff wins in 24 years, right? So it's like, once <laughs> everything Dan Snyder does is awful and second rate. And it, the team's not even been that bad. Like, in recent, like, they keep going 7-9 and nine and 7-10. and 10. Like, I think they've won seven games, like, six of the last seven years. So it's not like they're going, like, 2-14 and 14 like the Browns were every season. But it's just, he's just a constant embarrassment. And for him to finally be out... Uh, that would be great, particularly if it does go to this Josh Harris group that apparently Magic Johnson is part of. Because let me tell you, I am excited for Magic Johnson tweets about Sam Howell. Uh, I, I, uh, I want it. I need it. Uh, Sam Howell was great today, completing 14 of 25 passes for 160 yards in Washington. And he sends it on Wednesday. To 10 win. <laughs> yeah, three days later. Uh, I want that. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't have any. It seems like Harris is the leader. He's the owner of the 76ers uh, and the New Jersey Devils. Um, you know, I don't have any affinity for either of those teams, but... I think, like, and his teams, those teams haven't had a ton of success, but just not being Dan Snyder, I think, would just raise the floor of the Washington franchise. And I should say, from a Ravens fan perspective, I think puts a little bit of pressure on the Ravens, right? I think a not insignificant part of their broadening of the fan base, whereas all these defectors of the Washington team who grew up rooting for the Washington team, who have abandoned Washington to root for the Ravens. I mean, over the years, certainly Maryland has become pretty much exclusively Ravens territory for by and large. Uh, and that's in no small part to how bad Dan Snyder was as an owner. So, uh, you know, uh, more competition's good. I, I always want, it's gotten so bad where like I used to root against Washington when I was a kid, I used to get annoyed that people, kids on the bus, I would get in debates with TJ about if Chris Cooley was better than Todd Heap. And I was very <laughs> adamant that Chris Cooley was the most overrated player in the NFL, things like that. London Fletcher versus Ray Lewis, all these debates I oh, grew up having. Just, oh God. I, I used I used to hate Washington, but it's just gotten so sad in the last decade how how, how not improved the team is. Pretty much since RG 3s rookie season came and went, and nothing improved after that. It was just like, oh, this this guy's a real chump, and uh, yeah, good riddance. I hope he's I hope he officially sells, and I hope uh, you know it'd be nice to see see Washington fans care about the team again. I think they've had pretty much the worst attendance in the league like the last few years, and. That, like you said, that would be crazy to, like, like our parents and people, like, older pe- people older than us who grew up watching this team win three Super Bowls in the 80s and 90s. Uh, it just does, it feels like that's a whole world away, and it's all because of this one guy. <laughs> so, to get him out the door, that would just, I think, be a great thing for the NFL. Especially, we get these NFC East games in prime time all the time. 
and like what was like Kirk Cousins went like one and twelve on Monday Night Football when he was with Washington. It's like if we're gonna have to watch this team, at least at least be good (laughs) in these national games. So yeah, I'm still surprised it seems to be happening, but I'm very pleased. I think it's good for the NFL as a whole to not have, I think, the single worst owner in the league uh, out the door. Yeah, the Commanders uh, just kind of casually listed as one of the teams who who might be interested in uh, in a Lamar Jackson. So, like, new ownership group wants a splashy new face of the franchise. <laughs> that would be a fun that. pivot for us to have to handle. Uh, that would be good. That'd be that'd be fitting. Um, okay, so my last question for my co-host to finish on a Ravens note uh, with the Ravens signing Nelson Aguilar. I'm positive. I'm positive that the Ravens will now pass on drafting a wide receiver in the first round. The NFL draft is just about a month from today. So, uh, you know, mine's at 100% that the Ravens will not take a wide receiver in round one because now, you know, now they're good. They're all set. So I turned to my co-hosts on their thoughts of uh, will the Ravens pass on a wide receiver. There's been like three or four guys just constantly circulating for the Ravens based on the need uh, at pick 22. Do you guys think they, they get one of those guys or get, like, a guard or something? I could easily see them still drafting, like, a Quinton Johnson or something and just taking another swing. And then all of the jokes on Twitter will be, look at the Ravens actually investing when Lamar's out, even though they drafted two first-round receivers and drafted more more receivers than most of the league during his time uh, in Baltimore. But people, you know, are stupid and don't want to do the research. But that's, you know, that's fine. Um yeah, I can, I can still definitely see it. I will admit, you know, I'm usually just Mr. Draft Nick and, like, you know, not like a Mr. I know I could do the seven-round mock, but just love doing the first-round mocks, love really diving into it and stuff. Lamar has made me not want to pay attention to the NFL offseason. So I, I know a little bit about this first round, but not as much. Um, there, there might be some corners available, and everybody's assuming the Ravens need more corners because, one, they always need more corners, and, two, Marcus Peters probably isn't coming back. Um, unless, you know, he gets a really team-friendly deal. But, yeah, I, I, I'm not ruling it out. Uh, absolutely not. I feel like I'm at, like, a 75% chance they won't just because I'm like, will they really take a wide receiver the first round three times in five five drafts? That seems, like, so steep for them. And they do have these needs at cornerback, and it is a deep corner class. I think I've mentioned I'm on the Joey Porter Jr. train. I think it would be... I mean, he's he's good. That's uh, the first one. He's he's big. He's 6'3". He's a huge corner, uh, which the Ravens like. Like, Marlon's a big corner, but he's bigger than that. <laughs> Porter Jr. is. And I think it would be funny if Joey Porter's son plays for, <laughs> plays for the Ravens. I think that would be a fantastic story. Um, so I, I, he's my number one target, although it seems like he's going to be off the board to, uh, by then. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be hilarious if the Ravens draft, like you mentioned, like Osiris Torrance is like one of these guards from Florida that people think could be, or like I even heard like, I, was this is a remake? I read something that was like, don't rule out B. John Robinson if he falls to the Ravens. And I was like, that would be the funniest pick they could possibly make, would be taking a running back uh, when like their quarterback is not signed and uh you know, the J.K. Dobbins is already complaining about not getting the ball. <laughs> and Gus Edwards just got restructured. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he took, like, less money to come back, and then you draft a running back. That would, I think, be the number one funniest. I kind of want to see it just to watch 
Ravens Twitter meltdown if they draft a running back in the first round. But uh, realistically, it seems like they're going to draft a corner or a wide receiver, and that makes me just lean corner because I'm like, or or like a lineman <laughs> if one falls, uh, just because. Um, yeah, I'm just rooting for chaos, uh, kind of, when it comes to the draft. I know I should be wanting for the Ravens to get better, and they do need a wide receiver. As you mentioned, Nelson Aguilar, even as wide receiver one or two, not ideal in 2023. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm rooting for chaos. And similar to Tim, I, I have actually yeah, paid less attention to this draft cycle outside of kind of just the cornerback names and the wide receiver names, mostly. That's what I've been paying attention to, because it seems like that's what the Ravens need most. Um, but it's just hard to like predict anything. Cause it's like, if they need a quarterback, like would they, they could draft like Hendon hooker <laughs> with like the 22nd pick or whatever their pick is. Or like, I think Tim mentioned if a will Levis falls and they like, don't have a starting quarterback, would they take one? They have to do something. Cause yeah, we mentioned like the free agents. It's like Carson Wentz. It's probably your youngest guy <laughs> you could possibly sign. That's like, okay and then yeah it's matty ice who's probably the most ideal of the veterans and he can barely move anymore uh so it's not great so yeah so like without with all the lamar uncertainty i haven't like delved too too deep into the non-wide receiver cornerback positions um just because yeah it's like you know maybe they do trade them and they have the third or fourth overall pick next week (laughs) like you can't you can't rule it out i guess so um yeah, I don't know. I I don't want them to draft a wide receiver. I know that's counterintuitive, but it's just I've been burned too many times. I'm like, just take just take what you're good at. Take a take a DB. I know he'll be fine. <laughs> Jace has been he's been hurt too many times before. J- Let me put you out of your misery, Jace and Tim. Really, they will trade back. They're gonna trade back um, with this pick. They don't have a second rounder. They love picks. They're gonna move from 22 to like. 34 but also get pick like 42 and and they're gonna be like great we're in a better position now than than we were before and then they're gonna go corner and guard uh with those second round (laughs) with those second round picks um but we're gonna be here to to document all of it we're gonna probably have no idea what the quarterback situation is on draft night which is also fun um but maybe it'll just be great drama uh we're still are gonna be on the uh, every two week, you know, we've done some some three week stretches here, but every two week episode. So we will very likely uh, be back to you on April 11th, which is two weeks from now, and then April 25th, which would be a couple of days before the draft, and the 25th would be when we do our our big our big mock draft of the first round, which is one of our more uh, fun and, and intensive episodes. So. Uh, with that, any any last words, fellas? It's been a whirlwind of an off season, of a two years, of a week, <laughs> of an episode. So, any any final thoughts here before we wrap things up? Two words: go O's. <laughs> yeah, well, that's very well said. Yeah, just get finish it, f- finalize it, <laughs> end this, finish end my this. Pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Release that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's fitting for Jay Evans and Tim Horsey. I am Antonio Barbera. Thank you so much for listening to us here on Pod Like a Raven. We will see you in two weeks. Bye.